This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Let us pray. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. One of my pet peeves is automated voice answering systems. Rarely do I find them helpful. Usually they just annoy me. Imagine what it would be like if God installed an automated phone system. Maybe you would call up and get a response like this. Hello, thank you for calling heaven. Please select from one of the following options. For requests, press one. For thanksgivings, press two. For complaints, press three. If you'd like to speak to Gabriel, press four. For a directory of our other angels, press five. If you'd like to hear King David sing a psalm while you're on hold, press six. For all other inquiries, press nine. Or what if you never got as far as the menu system and all that happened when you called was that you heard a voice saying, I'm sorry, all, our, all of our angels are busy helping other sinners at this time. However, your prayer is important to us and we will be delighted to answer it in the order that it was received. So please stay on the line. Thankfully, God doesn't have an automated answering service. Actually, he doesn't even wait for us to call him. He calls us. The problem is that we don't always hear him. I wonder why. Philosopher, theologian Soren Kierkegaard, writing almost 300 years ago, said this, if I were a physician, and if I were allowed to prescribe just one remedy for all the ills of the modern world, I would prescribe silence. For even if the word of God were proclaimed in the modern world, how would one hear it with so much noise? Therefore, create silence. We live in a world of noise. The airways of 24-7 news and wall-to-wall social media provides a backdrop to life that is a veritable cacophony of sound. I wonder, could it be that we don't hear God today because we aren't willing to create the space and stillness and silence that we need in order to listen. The first word of the rule of Saint Benedict is listen. In the first verse of our Old Testament passage today, we heard these words, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Could it be that no one was listening? And yet one person was listening. A boy called Samuel. And those familiar with this story probably have a fondness for it, as I do. 
if you take a closer look at this account, you find that maybe it's not quite as straightforward as it first appears. Initially, Samuel doesn't realize that it was God calling him. And three times God calls Samuel, and three times Samuel thinks it's his boss, Eli, the priest. And I'm going to come back to Eli in a moment. But first, I think it's important for us to understand that God's call to Samuel didn't take place in a vacuum, out of nowhere, so to speak. Rather, it took place at a particular time and in a particular context. Other people had a very important role in helping Samuel to be in the place he needed to be in order that he might be ready to hear and respond to God's call. The story of God's plans for Samuel actually uh, begins uh, long before this incident. We don't know exactly how old Samuel was when he heard God calling his name, but we do know that he was still an apprentice of the priest Eli. We learn from the preceding chapters how this arrangement had come about. Samuel's mother was Hannah, and Hannah had for the longest time been unable to have children, and she pleaded with God to give her a son. Indeed, so intensely had she prayed in the temple on one occasion that Eli thought that she was drunk and was about to kick her out. But God heard her. God was listening, and God granted her request. And then, even before Samuel was born, Hannah dedicated him to God. In Samuel's case, that dedication meant that from a very young age, he went to live in the temple and minister to the increasingly elderly and tired priest, Eli. But Hannah's prayers for her son and her willingness to dedicate him to God all played their part in preparing Samuel to listen, to hear, and to act on God's call. Many of us today have come to the place we are in our Christian lives with the help of someone else, a mother or father, an aunt or uncle, a godparent, a friend, each of whom in their own ways have dedicated us to God. Parents, how are you preparing your children to hear God's voice? Are you praying for them each day? Are you praying with them? Are you modeling the kind of Christian life that will help them draw near to God? And all of us in this extended family of ours at Ascension have a role to play in the lives of the children in our midst. Last week, those who participate in our service of baptism made a promise to be a support to little Talita. And I asked, will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support this person in her life in Christ? And the response was, which many of you I'm sure made, was, we will. Talita needs our help. All the children and young people in our church family need the godly help and example of older and wiser Christians. And we need them. Indeed, we all need one another. And this is true especially in the times in which we live right now, where our diversity can so easily become division. 
Surely today, more than ever, we need to be willing to listen to those with whom we disagree. We also need to be extra attentive to what we say or post online. Let us practice not having the last word. Let us practice listening. Very often, in order for us to listen to God, we need help. And that was true in Samuel's case. And after God had called him three times, and three times Samuel didn't know it was God, Eli was able to help him. I am so grateful that we have this account of Eli and Samuel in the scriptures. I've often tended to focus on Samuel. After all, he's the one we remember saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. But what about Eli? Eli is not one of the heroes of the Old Testament. Honestly, he's a rather pitiable, sad figure. As we've already been reminded, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And yes, perhaps that was because no one was listening, but another reason for that rarity of the word of the Lord could also have been the dreadful conduct of the priests at that time. The Levitical priesthood was an hereditary office, and Eli's family were littered, was littered with disobedience and failure. His sons were a disaster. They were guilty of dishonesty, greed, and sexual immorality. They were ripping people off that came into the temple. They were interfering with their worship, and they were sleeping with the women who served in the temple. And Eli, the priest, had failed monumentally. He had not been the father that his sons needed. He had not been the priest and the leader that the people needed. His principal failing, it seems, was that he, he hadn't disciplined his sons. And from that, terrible consequences flowed. And yet, notwithstanding the manifest failures of Eli as parent and priest, near the end of his life, he did something right. Despite his failing eyesight, his advancing years, and his personal failures, God wasn't done with him. And Eli was still able to counsel young Samuel and help him hear God's voice. And just as we need the praying support and wisdom of our parents and extended families, so too we need the support and guidance of members of our church family. And I think it's pretty obvious, but it needs to be said, God doesn't just use perfect people in his plans. He uses all sorts of people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There may be some participating today who feel like Eli. Your life may be littered with past sins and failings. But please know that does not mean that God is done with you, that he's through with you, and that he can't still use you to help someone else hear God. Eli was the right person at the right time for Samuel. 
So when Samuel comes to Eli the third time and says, here I am, you called me, instead of just sending him back to bed, we read in verse 8 that Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy, and therefore Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Eli helped Samuel. He gave him the words to say and to respond. And I don't think that can have been very easy for Eli. After all, he was the priest. Why wouldn't God speak to him? But for all of his failings, his disappointments, no doubt his sadness, he recognized that God calls whomever God chooses. Well, Samuel did what Eli had instructed him to do, and after Samuel hears his name called a fourth time, he responds with those simple words, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What if we were to approach our relationship with God first and foremost as listeners? And what if we did that with our brothers and sisters in the church? What if we did that at work or in our homes? Most people don't find listening easy. I don't think it comes naturally to most of us. One challenge for all of us is to make time to listen, to practice listening to one another, to those we love, to those we disagree with, and above all, to God. One way for us to listen to God is, of course, to read God's Word, the Bible. And it's so important that we set aside time each day to read it, meditate on it, and be silent before God. We may not hear a voice, as Samuel did, but if we will take time to stop, to read, to listen, then in the space, in the stillness, in the silence, I believe we will hear God through his word, by his spirit, in our hearts and in our minds. In the psalm appointed for today, the psalmist writes, O oh God, you are my God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs after you in a barren and dry land where there is no water. Our land feels pretty barren right now. In the face of the pandemic, social and political unrest, and the sheer noise of these days, are you thirsty for healing? for truth, for reconciliation, for safety, for civility. Hear the words of the psalmist again. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the watches of the night because you have been my helper. Therefore, under the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. 
we can rejoice because no matter what has happened or what may come, the Lord is our helper. Amen? No matter what threats we face, under the shadow of God's wings, there is always hope. We need not fear. And so, in the midst of all the clamor and all the noise, my soul clings to God. His right hand has upheld me. This week, I pray that you will cling to God. I pray that you will set aside, carve out space and time to listen. Not only is listening hard for us because we're so distracted and there's so much noise, but also because perhaps if we truly listen, we might hear things that we would prefer not to hear. For all of Eli's failings, I do have a certain admiration for this man. I think deep down he knew what God might have said to Samuel on that fourth occasion. And so when he calls Samuel to tell him what God had said, he says to him, do not hide it from me. And that took courage. And Samuel, no doubt with fear and trembling, tells Eli everything that God had told him. And these were words of judgment. These were words of punishment for Eli's unwillingness to do what was right. Listening and obeying the word of the Lord is a powerful thing. God will speak the truth. Always. But remember, he does so as a righteous judge and a loving father. Better to hear God's word of judgment than listen to the lies of those who do not fear God. This week, may we, like Samuel, be willing to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen.